2: What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life what's up dream builder we are back again with another episode and today i'm excited to be bringing to you the fire and why is because i know my sister she's gonna have it all in her and so today we have miss danielle on the show you want to go ahead and say what's up to dream nation
3: yes hello 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 dream nation i am so excited to be here casanova especially because my name means the secret place where dreamers go to dream. Holla.
2: So Holla. <laughs> I I love it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how exactly anyone can turn dreams into a reality. And I know that that's not something that you just talk about. You actually teach people how to do it because you are, as we said right before this, you are a world-renowned business coach. So I'm excited to get into all of that. But the way that I always love to start off every episode is I compare us as entrepreneurs, thought leaders, change makers to superheroes. And the reason being is because we're constantly flying around the world. We're putting on our cape and we're trying to solve some of the world's biggest problems. And I know that that's something that you've always been doing, but I wanna ask you behind every Superwoman or wonder woman, a lot of the times we don't know who that Lois Lane is. We just see that the W or the S on the chest yeah. and, and we're seeing it through social media lens or we're seeing it through clubhouse or whatever else. So I wanna take the chance and, and ask you, behind all of that, behind the Facebook ads, behind everything else, when when the cameras are off and it's just Darnell, who is that Lois Lane?
3: Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, I'm first and foremost uh, a woman after God's own heart. I think I'm his favorite, but he would have it be that everybody thinks they're his favorite, right? Um And I am, you know, I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like everyone else. I am just really big into taking consistent steps every single day, giving myself lots of grace and self-care and showing up fully everywhere I can be. So that's if I'm with my husband, my goal is to show up and be fully present for him. And if I'm with my business, I mean, in my business and with my clients, my goal is to show up and be fully present for them. When I'm not doing any of that, I am quirky and I like to call myself get That's ghetto with a little bit of bougie. And so um, I can best be found with a book in my hands, reading something to make my soul or my spirit leap, um, because that's something that's very, very important to me. And I love to laugh. I fancy myself a comedian. I don't do it on purpose. I think if I ever stood up and did um, a stand-up comedic act, I would flop but just in everyday life, being myself, people just laugh at me. (laughs) So I think a good, a good chuckle, a good laugh just does the body good. And so I try to find moments to laugh as much as possible. And then the last thing I'll say is I believe the best things in life are free. Mm. And so I focus on the quality moments and quality time and not materialistic things, which might sound crazy because I am a millionaire and I take people to the million dollar mark, but the best things in life are free. They don't cost you anything, but your presence. And so I try to enjoy as many moments as I can when I'm fully present.
2: Wow, there's so much to unpack there. Already (laughs) just getting started. And I think there's so many people that's watching or listening and they're nodding their head and they're saying, yes, let's get to it. The first question that I wanna know is where did the shift happen for you? because when you speak now you command a room a stage a podcast has it always been like that for you since a little girl people were like you you gonna, you gonna be that next oprah or was yes. there a shift
3: it's always been this way but there was a point in which when i embodied it hmm. because i think that there's a difference right when you're doing what people expect of you and when the light has always been on you you shine Right, but sometimes you're shining out of falsehood. You're shining because someone else said you should shine, not because you believe you have the shine, you own the shine. And so there have been distinct defining moments in my journey where I stepped up my shine and my ability to command the stage became more authentic, more real, and more personable. So that even as I'm doing it, I never appear as if I'm somehow better than the people that I am commuting, imparting to, you know, edifying or whatever the case might be. I still feel like I'm part of them because I'm just doing it innately. And so there's probably three moments that I think of distinctly. The first one um, was when I was graduating from high school. So I have seven brothers and sisters. I'm the first first to graduate from high school, go to college, blah, blah, blah. And when I was graduating from high school, um, I applied to maybe 10 colleges and universities and I got into all of them. And then I got full scholarships at like five of them. And my dad had said to me when I was in my junior year, you know, if you're going to college, you're going on your own merit because I don't have anything for you. And um, both of my parents were addicts. My mom was in jail. So I was raised by my father and he didn't have anything for me. And so it was at that point in time where I realized that I had an opportunity to really show up. And so I remember getting really close with my guidance counselor so that I could get all of the um, application fees waived, right? And and getting into all of these different schools and then going to a school where they actually paid me to attend. Hmm. So I ended up getting a stipend um, each semester in um, college for you know living, computers, like all of these different things. And so it was at that moment when I realized that I really had something special in me. I got a perfect verbal SAT score. Total score was like 16 something or other, but um, but my verbal score was perfect. And like really putting myself in a position, no, it wasn't 16, but anyway, putting myself in a position where I started to believe everybody, what everybody else was saying. So that was the first moment. The second moment was in 2004, the day I walked into my boss's office in my full-time corporate job. I realized that I was no longer built to sit behind someone else's desk. Hmm. And I finally had courage enough to step out and see if I had what it took to be an entrepreneur. So that was probably the second moment. And then the last moment Casanova was like 2018 (laughs) where I had, that year was really distinct because I had five arbitrary people who didn't know me from Adam that I met when I was either speaking or attending an event. And each of those people said, you are so understated. Like you're sitting here, you pack so much power, but you haven't even realized your full potential. And it was after that introspective look, after these five different people who all told me this, I went inward and I realized that I had still been holding back, that I had been playing small, that I had been showing up just enough to get what... I knew I could do because I was really afraid of doing what I was supposed to do. And Mm -hmm. I just made a decision in late 2018 that I wasn't gonna play small anymore that the God in me was gonna play as big as God played when he created me. And so that was like the moment where I just was like, okay, if we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it big. We're gonna do it the way it's supposed to be. And I started putting all of the things in place to be able to live that out. And we're still working through it. Like we're going through a rebrand right now in my company and hiring all of these consultants that can take us to eight figures and all of these different things because I haven't been able to do them myself because there was a piece of me that was afraid that if I really let my light shine, I would blind somebody
1: mm. instead of
3: realizing if I really let my light shine, I would light the path for somebody. And so we've experienced that. And, and as a result of it, now I'm all in and and fully willing to open my mouth to be the change that someone else needs to start their journey on their path to get to their next level.
2: Wow. That's, that's a whole masterclass right there. <laughs> what there's so much to unpack there the first thing that i want to unpack, which i think is so key you said you know back in 2004 you walked Mm -hmm. into your boss's office and that was the first time that you knew you were not fit to be sitting behind anyone else's desk anymore Now, I think that's very impactful. And the reason being is because somebody else heard that. Somebody else felt that and says, I got to go back to my boss's office on Monday or tomorrow. Or maybe this is the lunch break. I'm listening at this right now. Yeah. What was the the key moment for you? What happened in that moment to where you said, this isn't it? Because I want someone else to maybe be able to resonate with that Mm -hmm. and say, this is exactly what she was feeling. This is where I got to lean in.
3: Yeah. So I remember waking up that morning it was December the 17th, 2004. It was my last day of working in 2004. Cause I always took the last two weeks of the year off. And, um, I call it my Keith sweat moment. Something just wasn't right. Y'all know that Keith sweat song. Something's not right. <laughs> so I, something wasn't right. And I leaned into it and so in the morning part of my routine is, is, you know, to spend time with God and then you know shower and then make breakfast and all of the things and as I got increasingly closer to going to work, the knot in the pit of my stomach grew. And by the time I got into the parking lot at work, it was in my throat and by the time I hit the elevator to go up to the second floor. I'm walking, um, I didn't even pass go. I didn't collect $200. I didn't put my bag down. I literally walked straight into Carolyn Morgan's office. That was my manager's name. And out of my mouth flowed what I had been feeling since I woke up that morning. And so I literally just said, today's my last day. No letter of resignation, no, uh, no plan at all. And she's like, well, what are you gonna do? I don't know, but I do know that I'm not, I'm no longer meant to sit behind someone else's desk. And I'm gonna go and I'm gonna figure it out. And immediately in doing that, not only did the lump dissipate completely but my body felt fluid, I felt light, I felt airy. I felt like I had for the first time in a long time made a decision that was gonna seal my next step, right? What I was supposed to be doing even though I didn't have a clue what it is. And I don't necessarily advocate for anyone trying this at home. Like don't be going in your boss's office to quit your job if you ain't got no backup plan, like don't do that. Don't do that, no. What I want you to do instead, if that's how you're feeling, is I want you to create a transition plan, Mm. right? How much money do you have saved? Like, what does it cost for you to live a month? How many months of living do you have so that as you begin the journey of building this business, you've got something that so that you don't have to worry about the money, because what you don't need is to be trying to figure out the strategy and worrying about the money at the same time. It's counterproductive and it's going to only delay your ability to get to where you want to be or it's going to find yourself in a position that you don't really want. I did at the time have about a quarter of a million dollars in liquid um, that I could you know, expend to kind of play with, which made a difference, but I would not advocate for anyone to do that because I blew through that money Casanova so fast and ended up finding myself having to file bankruptcy, which I, in case we don't get there, I'm just gonna bring it up now um, because I it took longer than I thought to really get my own business established. And so I started while I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, um, selling Mary Kay um, and I became a sales director and then I became a pink Cadillac sales director. I did all of the things. And then I found myself in that same Keith Sweat moment or I call that my Britney Spears moment. Oops, I did it again. Like I had traded one desk for another. And so while I wasn't sitting around behind my corporate desk, I was sitting behind Mary Kay Ash's desk. I was living and promoting someone else's brand instead of living and promoting my own. And so when I realized that, that was when I took the steps to start my own company. And I did, I, I floundered and flustered and it was really, really bad. And it got really bad, really fast. And I ended up having to go back to work for two years and figure this whole entrepreneurship thing out because I was clear that I was not meant for employment, but I was also clear that I needed a bridge, right? And that, that bridge had to be employment because I, I had grown really partial to my car and my house, right? right. I didn't want to live on the street. And so, um, you know, I kind of did what I had to do and I, I became a student and studied to show myself approved so that when I came back out into full-time entrepreneurship on January 1st, 2011, I would never go back to work for anyone else. And here we are some 10 and a half years later, and we are still a full-time, entre- I'm still a full-time, actually, I'm a CEO now because I have employees, and um, I run a million-dollar company, and we're you know, starting our ascent to the eight-figure mark, and which is just phenomenal mm-hmm. and amazing, and it's just, Yeah
2: it's phenomenal so, so powerful <laughs> well i'm i'm proud of you for setting that date because for a lot of people getting out the first time is hard but then having to swallow your pride you know be humble enough to go back and say hey but here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna set another date and i'm getting out again right yeah. and then you're out and and that's what it's always burning the boats to say hey it has to work like that means that it might take four times it yeah. might take five times but whatever it is if my dream is to not be able uh, or to not have to sit behind a desk. I'm going to make that happen before the end of my time is up. Yeah. And so I'm sure somebody else is smiling ear to ear and been like, yo, that's, that's phenomenal for you. Do you think that the reason why you didn't make it in the entrepreneurship world, the entrepreneurship world, the first time was because you didn't have the right environment or was the environment there. You just weren't receptive to the.
3: That's a great question. You know what I thought I knew it all. Honestly, like I didn't. I had come off of my Mary Kay experience where I got my first pink Cadillac within five months. I built my unit from 22 to 512 months I offspring five sales directors like I was at the top of Mary Kay and decided to start this business. And I was naive enough to believe that it would be the same exact thing, right? The reason Mary Kay worked so well for me is because it was a proven marketing plan. (laughs) All I had to do was work it. Well, when you're starting your own company, guess what? There is no marketing plan. There is no blueprint to take a look at because it's a brand new thing. Like you don't even know if what you are intending to sell to people, people actually wanna buy. And I made the mistake of not doing market research. I literally said, this is what I want to provide to the world. I started to create it. And when I was finally ready to share it with the world and put it out there, no one wanted it because it was what I wanted, not what they wanted. Like, I didn't know business 101, which I know now, which is find a problem or find a need and solve it. Right. I didn't, I wasn't thinking about that. I was like, no, this is, this is how I want to show up. And this is what I want to do. And, and they were like, yeah, you can do all of that by yourself. And so the, you know, the, the liquid that I had ran out because I didn't stop living at the level that I had become accustomed. And eventually I got to the point where I was living on credit cards and I was like, okay, I'm going to have to swallow my pride because my pride of I know it all is what has me here and I'm gonna go and get a job and I'm gonna take a job that is you know, probably way less than the way that I'm used to living. And I'm gonna take the money that I do make that's extra from this job and I'm gonna hire coaches and consultants and I'm gonna learn what I clearly don't know because starting a ground up business is not like transitioning from a proven business model. They are not one in the same. <laughs> right. And so it was, yeah, but it was me, it was all ego. And false ego at that, like, I I don't know, like, but it was just like, oh, I can do anything, right? Because I had proved it so many times before. And it wasn't really that I couldn't do it. But I had also taken my eyes off of God, like I, so many other things had become the focal point of my existence at that point in time that I wasn't really tapped in. And, and because I wasn't tapped in, I wasn't in alignment. And because I was out of alignment, things were just kind of going helter skelter. And I was so far gone that I didn't even realize it, it took, a catalyst, right? It, it took my own proverbial rock bottom for me to realize, yo, you need to slow down. You need to back up, right? And retrace your steps so that you can get back to the point of what you're supposed to be doing and how you're supposed to be showing up. So it was very humbling. And as the, you know how the old mothers of the church used to say, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey. I wouldn't ta- I wouldn't trade a thing. Like I wouldn't go back and do anything differently because it's made me a much better person it's made me a much a much better servant it's also made me a much better business coach because mm. i've i've been there done that and have about 150 t-shirts of how not to do it so i can course correct and see the warning signs for my clients when they are moving themselves in that direction because of ego and ego is just really fear in reverse right it's it's still fear but you're just allowing um, the bigness of the fear to be subsided by your own beliefs about the fear, and so wow, we can you know, we can nip all of that in the bud now. And I may not have had that skill set or that expertise or be able to identify it had I not gone through it.
2: No, that's again so much value. So, if, am I correct to believe that your first business was a t shirt business? When you said I got a Oh, you said I got no, no, just
3: meant like having you know done all of the wrong things. <laughs> oh
2: God, I got it, got it. I thought you were saying like you ordered a box of t shirts, you got hundred and fifty of them still left. So every time you go to your room, you see these t shirts that you couldn't sell. So you like, that's I had to get back in it. You no, but you know what, applauding. I did have
3: for a long time. I had like something crazy, like maybe a thousand copies of my very first book that was. It was a run of the book that was like so laced with typos because because I had a degree in English and I know how to write, I didn't think I needed an editor. Mm -hmm. So I went to press on a (laughs) crappy copy of my very first book. And as soon as I opened it myself to start reading, I'm like, I can't sell this. So for a very long time, I had a thousand copies of these books. Cause I, you know, I think big, right? Right. In my garage that I never sold. So I just wasted money, then ended up having the book edited, reprinted it so that I could actually sell it to people. So. So that's another thing that was a reminder of when you try to let your ego lead, this is what happens. Instead, you know, bring yourself back down to earth and realize that everybody needs support, because if you could do it by yourself, it would already be done.
2: Man, I I love it. You know, when I when I hear ego, I always somebody told me this a while ago, but I'm sure you probably heard it, but it stands for edging God out. Mm-hmm. Right. So whenever I hear ego now and, and I'm thinking about it, I'm like, man, like, right, there's, there's already a plan in place. You got to follow it though. And the moment yeah, you start absolutely. to, you, you go off that that's when all of a sudden the craziness starts to happen. You're like, why absolutely. is this happening? it's like, get back on the route, right? The routes already there. you got to run the route and you got to trust it. Uh, super powerful. Let me ask why out of everything that you, that you knew though, you so much wisdom that you've had, why did you decide to go into coaching?
3: Because I've really wanted to help people. And, and I actually didn't decide to go into coaching. I started as a speaker. So I was a, a motivational speaker when that was a thing, right? And now no one hires motivational speakers. They hire speakers who actually have a framework to teach them. But um, I just started telling my story because I do have a really, really impactful story. And so that was my first business, if you will, my first iteration. But what happened was I would come down off the stage and I would get paid, you know, whatever. I-
2: And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only.
1: Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: I was earning back then maybe $2,500 or $3,000 a keynote. And there was no more money after that, right? Unless I booked another speaking engagement. And so I was really in this hustle and grind because I had to, I had to live from speaking engagement to speaking engagement in order to meet my needs. And so then I just started thinking. So first it started as a thought, right? Like what would happen if I had something other than my book to sell when I came down off the stage? Because a $20 sell to you know, a couple hundred people, that's not really you know, getting us to where we really want to be. And so then I started thinking, well, what can I, what could I do? Like, what do I have experience in that I could easily translate it? Now, one of the cool things, and I I didn't put two and two together initially, but when I worked in corporate America, I got a coaching certification. So the company that I worked for put all of the managers who were managing the efforts of others through coaching certification. It was just as coaching was becoming a thing, right? In Mm -hmm. the late nineties. So I had this coaching certification. I had the skill set, and then I, you know I know business so anytime I've done anything in business it escalated really really quickly and so as I'm tired of earning $2,500 or $3,000 a pop and traveling a lot like I was doing so many dates living on, on an airplane out of a suitcase constant ear infections like my quality of life sucked and I was still broke I was like there's gotta be another way what would happen if I started? I think it was consulting first. What if I started consulting people, right? So I started doing one-off consulting gigs. But the problem with that is that I quickly became the bottleneck, right? Because it's like, you only have so many hours in the day. There's only so much money you can make. And so then I read um, I read an article or blog or whatever it was at the time. And they were talking about coaching and group coaching and coaching programs and how you can take what you do as a consultant and you can teach multiple people it over this, the same period of time and really expand your payday. And I was like, huh, I'm going to try this. And so at the time I have five individual clients that I felt like a broken record. I was literally every call saying the same thing to every single person. And so I was like, if I'm going to say the same thing to every single person, shouldn't I be saying it to them all at once? So yeah. I said to all of them, it's like, Hey, we're going to pilot this group program. You're not going to pay anything different. We're just going to roll you into it. And we're just going to test it out. And they actually loved it. They loved being able to see other people because they didn't feel by themselves in entrepreneurship anymore. Right. They felt like they had community and all of those things. And it was a hit. And so that is what ended up happening, right? So now I have this coaching group. I started to solidify my framework, which I still use to this day. Um, and as a result of the solidification of all of that, I started to be able to you know, turn that over into larger groups of people that I was working with and getting to a specific result at one time. And so that's kind of how it morphed into coaching. But to answer your original question, the reason why I love coaching is because of the transformation. Just, mm. just this past week, at the time of this recording, I was in St. Louis with one of my clients. So I'm, I'm doing my second docuseries and this one is called move to millions. And so our first one was all about me, my personal story and you know who I am and all of that. This one is all about the business and our Um, goal to move the business to eight figures and so as a part of it we're doing these case study videos with select clients that are on the trajectory of moving their business to the million dollar mark and so we were in St. Louis with one of my clients who's actually been working with me for six years and um, my video brand strategist asked her you know have you ever thought of a time of what your life would be like had you not hired Darnell? and she started to cry And she said, no, A, I haven't thought about it. And B, I don't want to think about it. My whole life is different as a result of coming into her space. That's why I do what I do for the life change that people will experience. They come to me because they have a problem in their business, but what they leave with is they're a better spouse, a better parent, a better citizen. They're a better human. The transformation is just, it's ridiculous. And I get to be, a catalyst of that. Like I won't take all the credit for it because of course they have to take personal responsibility and God has to show up and all of that. But because of me, the little brown girl from the projects of Wilmington, Delaware that was born to drug addicted parents whose mom went to jail when she was eight. Because of me, these people are really transforming their lives, not just their bank accounts, but their lives. Their children are growing up to be stronger and more confident because their mom or their dad was listening to my voice in the car every single day like and that's why I do it
2: I love it I love it. so much value there and I'm sure somebody else right now they're ready to run through a wall because of what you just said and they're excited <laughs> to be able to learn more about it one thing I want to know is you 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 touched on it just a little brief but what's the what's the framework because yeah, somebody's so, like what, what what's this framework <laughs> she's talking about
3: yeah so um the and I still Call it the original name, which is the Leverage Your Incredible Factor um, system, and so it's a it's a ten step framework. It covers seven areas in a business that really makes sure that all of the systems and everything is in place. So we. call our our seven pieces, the pillars of business optimization. And so they are mindset, messaging, marketing, sales, operations, talent, and legacy and leadership. And so the framework looks at all of those areas inside of a business and on the continuum identifies the holes that exist and the strategies that need to ensue to fill the gaps so that the gaps become gateways to the client's next level. And so unlike a lot of um, coaches that are out there that specialize in one part of the process, or the other. We look at the whole business, right? The whole CEO. So we also integrate life coaching and um, financial management coaching and wealth building. All of those things are a part of our program because we want to build wealth. We want our clients to be wealthy in every way and impact society, right? To shake the planet, as I like to say.
2: Wow. Okay. Definitely. You got, I mean, you got me at the, at the, uh, the wealth part for sure. Because I think for a lot of people, when they think wealth, they only think money, which we both know, but just wealth is really time. Wealth is really freedom. Wealth is really peace which for so many of us we don't have because we're so focused on the next transaction right whether that's real estate or whatever else so we don't get that piece and i know i've been guilty of it as well which is the whole reason why i do podcasts like these because it gives you the chance to just one relax but live in the moment where you can hear someone else's story it's almost like watching a movie
1: Mm -hmm. right
2: and and you get to really control as the director the narrative because you get to ask the questions of which way you want to go but you get the wisdom and you're like wow, you're envisioning it. So I think that's so powerful. And hopefully somebody else hears that and and they see that, you know, no matter where you started from, you can continue to rebound and continue to rebound. Yeah. But once you figure out what that gift that you have is, and then you you uh, position yourself to have a framework around it, that's when things start to really take off and you can transform oh, yeah. lives.
3: Absolutely. And it's, for me, it's all about the trans the transformation, not the transaction. One of my clients said that, and I was like, oh, that is so good. I, I don't do this for the money. I do it for the transformation, but because I understand the value that I present to those that I have the pleasure of serving, we do charge for it, right? Because I believe that not only should my gift make room for me, but my gift should give me the access to wealth that I'm entitled to just because of who I am and whose I am. And so being able to kind of bringing these pieces together for people is, is so powerful because most of the people that I work with, they were not born entrepreneurs, right? They didn't watch mom and dad and, and uncle and auntie, you know, hustle and do all of that. They were in corporate America and they had a, a key sweat moment, much like I did and said, you know, something's not right. And I'm getting out of here or they were laid off. Right. And so they started their business out of necessity because their family needed to continue to eat, but they weren't taught business acumen. They don't know what numbers they should be looking at, let alone which ones tell the story that they need to be leveraging to get to the next level. They don't understand marketing, right? They think that marketing is just posting on Facebook. Well, there's nothing wrong with posting on Facebook. That should not be your entire strategy because the algorithm is not your friend. (laughs) unless you're paying the money, but you know, that's probably a whole nother episode, but they don't know all of the things they need to know, except they know that they want to make a difference, right? They know they want to shake the planet. They want to be transformation. They want to change lives. They want to give their children a different reality than they were raised in. They know what they want, but they don't have all of the pieces to get there. And we literally get to be the person who puts the puzzle together for them, me and my team, which is just, it's, it's, it's magical. It's, I Like there are really no words to describe the elation I get to feel on a daily basis because I decided to say yes to myself and stop sitting behind someone else's desk two times.
2: <laughs> there you have it. It's, again, it's so powerful and, and I'm so proud of you for it. And and obviously that's how we've gotten to be connected is because again, you did not uh, hesitate on that second time to say yes to yourself again. That When that January the first date came in 2011, yeah. you're like, yes, let's do it. Right. And so it's so powerful. Let me ask you, I know you said earlier, and it's funny that you say that, because anybody who's watching or listening, um, they know what I always say. So people be like, I would never change anything. I always am the person that says, like, I don't know if I believe that for anybody, we would all change something. But but I give people the grace, like you Mm -hmm. started out with, I give people the grace, and if they say they wouldn't, they wouldn't. So I figured out a better way to rephrase this. If there was one thing... That is how much wiser you are today. If there was one thing that you wish that you would have implemented sooner to accelerate your path on your dream and your journey to where you are today, what would that one thing be?
3: Oh, that's a great question. I love the reframe. I would have been less concerned about what people might think of me. And more concerned about the gift that I have and how I could leverage it for other people. I spent a lot of time in comparison and looking left and right, which is why I think I played small for so long. Um, you know, I I don't. I mean, I tell my story all the time, but I don't necessarily talk about this piece of it. I had severe abandonment issues because my mom went to jail. But it was during my eighth birthday party that the home was raided and they took her to jail. Mm -hmm. And my eight-year-old self said, mommy didn't want me. So she concocted this whole crazy scenario to get out of my life. And so as a result of that, like I have been a big self-saboteur and pushing people away, pushing my own destiny away, like always, because if I actually get it, it's going to leave me. That was like the that was the story that I told myself for many, many years. Like, right. Like it, it can't be that easy. Like it's going to come and then it's going to leave. And so I was, it's almost like I was always waiting for the shoe to drop mm-hmm. for a very long time inside of my business. And if I, if I were to go back and knowing what I know today, I would have known that that was just a distraction. It was, it was meant to derail me from the purposes that had already been established and preordained for me. And instead of being, um, overcome by them, I would have just walked into them. I would have just done it anyway with this. Like today, I kind of sit in this space of I'm too dumb to doubt. I'm too dumb to doubt that I'm not the GOAT. I'm too dumb to doubt that I can't have an eight-figure business. I'm too dumb to doubt that I won't transform a million lives. Like I'm too too dumb to doubt it because I know who I am. I know whose I am. Like I sit in the seat of complete confidence and I own it. But there Mm -hmm. were times, there were years when I was too busy looking left and right and comparing myself to everyone else. My day one was their day 257,000 and thinking something must be wrong with me because I'm not where they are. And that held me up a lot. That probably, honestly, if we really stopped and chased it, it could be the catalyst for all of the things that happened because I was so afraid of what would happen if I realized my own power but I know now that my power is what makes me special. And it's only when I let it out that I get to be the transformation that I wanna see in the world. And so, but it's that shift that comes with wisdom with, you know, with stumbling and hurting yourself a couple of times and being able to still get up and walk and you know the skin doesn't even break and it's not as bad as you seem, like it's going through those things, which is why I say I wouldn't trade anything because I think all of those things had to happen, even though I was given the free will to make some of the decisions that I made and it could have gone a different way and I could have landed here way sooner. Taking the journey that I took to get here is what makes me the woman that is here today. And had I shortchanged any of the journey, then I might not be this grateful woman who lives in a paradigm of abundance. I might still be sitting in lack and trying to transform others outside of a, in a, from a space of lack because there are a lot of people that that's what they're doing because they don't understand the paradigm of abundance. That's their birthright. And so that's why I say I wouldn't change anything some dumb mistakes, right? Uh, Hindsight is always 2020. 20. You can see clearly right. after it's all said and done, but I think it was all for my good and it was all to get me to this place and knowing that I've arrived here at this moment, right? It It makes it all worth it. Every bump, every bruise, every night I cried myself to sleep, every moment where there was no money in the bank account, every time I was praying secretly that the client would say yes. All of the things that I did out of desperation at the time I wouldn't trade any of it because it's the reason why today I can sit fully detached from any and all outcomes, knowing that I know if someone tells me, no, it has nothing to do with who I am and what I bring to the table. It's why I don't have to convince people to let me change their life. It's why I can just show up fully and allow those who are, who feel something in their spirit to rise up, to be served by me Mm. because of all of those things. And so that's why I wouldn't change it
2: that's what i look so i was gonna say i need a soundboard right here like there were so many bombs and i actually got a soundboard right here but i just i gotta get i gotta bring you back on and then figure out how to work my soundboard because i got this road pro there and so it it's oh man but no it's so phenomenal like i got chills just just listening at it. it is phenomenal again i'm so proud of you Uh, for anybody this has been a phenomenal conversation and i definitely don't want it then i can't wait we got to bring you back on for part two
3: i'm down
2: yes it's phenomenal for anybody who's still listening at this and and they are inspired by you and um they want to blaze a path similar to what you've done but they have that little voice in their head and you already said we all have it and that little Mm -hmm. voice says they're not strong enough they're not smart enough or maybe they just don't have enough resources What's the one thing that you would tell to that person if they were in your shoes from when you just when you first got started and you found that catalytic moment? Mm-hmm. What's the one thing you would tell that person to get them to just take action?
3: Yeah. You know, the I heard this said this way once, right? We are created in the image and likeness of God. That's Genesis 1 and 26. Two thirds of God's name is go. So just get moving. And so I would say, you know, I think about Jeremiah 1 and 5, which is one of my favorite scriptures. Um, And whether you're a believer or not, you know, the the Bible, the, the, the principles thereof are for any man, right? And so basically, Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, that means that's before your mom and dad laid down or stood up or did whatever they did to do to do to get you to be here. God knew and approved you. He said, let there be. Whenever God spoke, let there be. What was, what came after was one of his most prized creations. And so you came into the earth realm, abundance and light. You came here fully equipped. Now, you met your parents, you got bullied, all of the things that happened that chipped away at your abundance and your light, all of those things that happen. But the beautiful thing about muscle memory is that when you put yourself in a position again to eliminate all of the voices and to move in the direction of your dreams, the next step, you know, to take is that the light starts to come back. The further away you get from the darkness, the closer you get to the light. So go take the next action, you know, to take I forget uh, who is the originator of this African proverb, but the path emerges as you walk it, right? Mm. Walk the path, take the step. We don't have to know all of the steps. If we knew all of the steps, we would be scared to stay where we are, but we know the next step, right? Everyone uses the GPS as an example. You have to know where you're going in order to get the GPS to calculate. And it only gives you one instruction at a time. So get clear about where you're going, and take the next step you know to take the past the path will emerge as you walk it and each step will be called out to you and who you need at that step in order to execute that step will be made available to you if you keep going so two thirds of god's name is go so go
2: just go there you have it I, I, wow <laughs> i don't I, I can't even follow that up with anything that's oh, <laughs> amazing we will make sure that we put all of the links in the show notes to everywhere you can find you. But for anybody who wants to stay connected with you, tell us where can we find you at?
3: Yeah, I am on uh, Facebook and Instagram and everywhere is at Darnielle Jervie Harmon on Clubhouse. I'm just at Darnielle. My name was too long <laughs> for Clubhouse. So just at Darnell. Um, those are probably the best places to get started. Um, and then from there, you'll have the opportunity to join my group on Facebook, Move to Millions, or my club on Clubhouse, Move to Millions.
2: Love it. Love it. Well, everybody make sure that you check her out on Facebook. And just like she said, once you find her, she's going to find you everywhere, (laughs) which is all a good thing, because then that's how you can keep every day getting this nourishment. Uh, But I want to be the first one again, my sister, to tell you if no one else has told you today, thank you. And I appreciate you. It's been a phenomenal episode i'm so excited to hear the feedback there's going to be so many lives men and women that have been impacted by this episode mine included and uh yeah just want to say keep pushing every single day you just keep going as well because you inspire me and i know you inspire so many others as well so just as she said dream builder you have to take action on your dream and you have to just go because if you don't that dream that you have and we all have a dream That dream that you have, it will only merely be a fantasy. If not, that's all for this one. We'll catch you on the next one. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one.